Welcome to the IT Smart Guy podcast, a technology podcast aimed at the modern business owner. And here's your host, Tony Edwards. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the IT Smart Guy podcast, the tech-based podcast for the modern business owner. My name is Tony and in this episode we'll talk about a few things that have happened in the tech world recently. We're going to start by talking about some of the huge job cuts that have happened across global tech providers and then we're going to delve into a report about how children as young as nine years old have access to indecent and explicit content online. Then we're going to talk with Mr. Gary Jones, the man behind Grow Radio, a podcast platform with a different podcast coming at you on the hour, every hour. And as always, at the end, I'll be sharing my tip of the episode. Let's jump straight in to the news. Let's look at what's happening in the news. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is the fact that there have been some eye-watering job losses within the technology space over the past few weeks. Meta, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple and Google have all announced thousands of jobs being cut. Then you also have the likes of PayPal and HubSpot contracting their staff numbers by a smaller amount as well. This contraction of the tech market in terms of big companies dropping thousands of jobs could lead to a number of consequences. For example, it's going to lead to higher unemployment rates, which could in turn uh, result in a decrease in consumer spending, which will then further slow the economy. Additionally, it may lead to a slowdown in innovation because companies will have fewer resources to invest in things like research and development. However, on the other hand, this contraction could be a good thing because it may create new opportunities for smaller tech companies and startups as talented workers become available. Now, the ultimate impact of this will depend on a variety of different factors, including the overall state of the economy and the ability of these affected workers being able to find gainful new employment. It's also important to note that the impact on the job market could be temporary. Let's face it, the tech sector is known for rapid change and evolution. New technologies and business models may emerge that lead to growth and new job opportunities in the future. Moreover, the contraction may lead to increased efficiency and cost savings for tech companies enabling them to better compete and potentially lead to increased profitability and stability long term. Overall, this contraction is a complex issue and it's likely to have short term and long term consequences for workers, companies and the economy as a whole. I mean, let's face it, only time really is going to be the one that can tell. So from job losses, we now go to a BBC article I've uh, seen over the last couple of days, which horrified me. So a study for the Children's Commissioner for England found that children as young as nine years old are being exposed to online pornography. The study revealed that 50% of 13-year-olds had been exposed to it, and 25% of 16 to 21-year-olds 
had first seen it at primary school. The study also found that 38% of that uh, 16 to 21 demographic found the content accidentally, and that 79% had seen pornography involving sexual violence as children. This study has linked the exposure to online porn, to low self-esteem, harmful views of sex and relationships, and expectations of physical aggression. The study recommends the implementation of the online safety bill to protect children from online pornography. Apparently, Twitter is the main source of porn for young children, followed by dedicated pornography sites, then Instagram, Snapchat, and search engines. The study's findings have been described as deeply concerning. That's an understatement, if you ask me. Uh, by the Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza. She is urging all responsible adults to take the study seriously. Encouraging, uh, she wants to encourage parents to talk about the topic at home, make it clear to their children that extreme porn isn't real and it's just acting. She's also pushing for the online safety bill to be used to protect children from online porn and to give Ofcom the power to set minimum standards for age assurance measures on platforms. The NSPCC charity has also called for stronger measures to be implemented within this online safety bill to protect minors. The study's findings highlight the need for politicians, regulators and the private sector to come together to help safeguard children from the potential harm caused by this exposure. Now, if you ask me, that's all well and good, but a better way to prevent this going forwards is to enforce parental controls on all residential and public Wi-Fi by default, rather than leaving it to parents and homeowners to do it themselves. Most people won't know how to change their default Wi-Fi password, let alone locking down their internet for the safety and the security of their children. That's it for the news this time. Let's get on to the good stuff. If you have an interesting tech story, if you run a business, if you're a technology provider and you want to come onto this show and have a chat, you can now do just that. All you need to do is go to the link that's in the show notes and apply. The application literally takes two minutes and who knows what it could lead to. More brand awareness, more social media followers, increased revenue, or just a platform for you to share your story. What have you got to lose? That's enough of that blatant plug. Let's get to that interview. The interview. So we move on to the interview part of the podcast. And this time round, I've got a fantastic guest. He is a personal friend and he is the founder of Grow Radio, where you can find the IT Smart Guy podcast and a plethora of other podcasts. It's a bit like an all-you-can-eat podcast radio station, I suppose. So I'll bring him into the room now. Here he is, Mr. Gary Jones. Morning, Gary. How's it going? Hey, folks. Hi, Tony. Yeah, going really, really well. And I love that. A smorgasbord of podcasts, a buffet of podcasts. I like that. Yeah, Uh, I just thought it was... That's that's what it is, isn't it? You know, you get a different podcast on the hour every hour, so... it's exactly what it is. I love it. But yeah, apart from being a little bit cold this morning because we're recording it in the winter, I'm all good here. All good. Good. Um, it feels like it's been ages since we've had a proper chat as well because, you know, you're busy, mm. I'm busy, and 
we, I don't think either of us network as much as we used to, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always good to see you, my friend. And thank, thank you. you so much for agreeing to come onto the show. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. It's a cool show. I listen to it. It's yeah, it's fab to be on it. Awesome. So my first question to you is tell us a little bit more about who Gary Jones is. Cool. Um, so Gary Jones is a ex-retailer. So he was a retailer for about 20 odd years. Um, born and bred in Leamington, now lives in Warwick. Um, it's a slap bang in the Midlands of the UK. And basically he wants to help people um, tell their story online. That's who Gary is. Um, the method that he's done it in the past. I'm talking to myself, talking about myself in the third person, which is just weird. Um, it's funny in the past. <laughs> Oh, I, I can't do it. I've broken it. Uh, so, <laughs> so in the past, I've done it through social media and helping people with marketing and setting up events and allowing them a platform to tell their story on stage and at events and connecting people. Um, nowadays, I'm focusing a lot more on podcasts and talking to people about how to launch podcasts, how to become guests on podcasts, and really how to make podcasts work for them as a business tool, but also to enhance their community. Um, it's still helping them to tell their story but it's just in a slightly different way. And I've had my own podcast for years. I've seen stuff change. I've seen stuff come in. Um, but fundamentally, it's still you listening to a conversation or someone tell their story, which fits right into kind of my my why, 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 why I help people. So that's kind of me. Um, yeah, I said, to, as you mentioned, Grow Radio. It's a cracking platform for people who want to get into podcasting or want to get into radio to kind of come in, test waters. And yeah, there's different areas that people can do it. And you can check out the link down the bottom there. I love it. Always prepared, mate. Always prepared. <laughs> um, brilliant. I, I love how you mentioned retail then, because, you know, you spent you know, 15, 20 years in retail. I very much did the same. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, various different companies, but, um, you know, Nice, you know, it's funny how you meet somebody and they've got that similar history, and then you ask where they are now, and it's somewhere completely different. It, it is, but how I know you spoke about this on previous episodes of your show, and you spoke about it in on other podcasts. But how many transferable skills do you learn from having a retail background that you can take into your business? There's just so many, so many. It's such a great grounding place to kind of learn your trade really it's fantastic absolutely you know there's stuff that i learned across 20 odd years ago that i'm still using today and you know i'm not necessarily using it in the same way but the premise is there you know because you know you can't really yeah retail things to technology doesn't really work in the same way but you know Swings around but, about and you make it work. I'm, but I'm guessing the fundamentals of kind of the selling process that you used in McDonald's and I think it was, it was mainly McDonald's, wasn't it, that you worked? worked I in. spent 10 years at McDonald's, a few years selling That's mobile it. phones, yeah. That's it. So the selling process is pretty much the same. It's all about discovering what the customer wants, establishing their needs, and then finding the best product for them. Yeah. And then say, do you fries with that? <laughs> there you go. Hey, the good old, old answer. I you had fries, I had shoe polish, and then jewelry cleaner. So it's yeah, same kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, how did you get started with 
podcasts. You mentioned that you've got, you've had, you, you know, you've run your own podcasts. You know, I think again, I've been on one of them in the next twelve months, which is awesome. Um, but how did you, how did you find podcasts? How did you get involved? So I started listening to podcasts when I was commuting from Warwick to Oxford for one of my kind of jobs at the time, um, and that commute was about forty-five minutes or so um, on train, and I got bored of reading magazines i was never into reading books at that particular time so that never really interested me although if it did it probably would have saved me a lot of money in terms of not buying magazines if i was into books but i was also at that time into things like triathlon you know competing in triathlons or taking part in triathlons not competing taking part in triathlons uh 10ks half marathons you know marathons and all that kind of jazz so i was into sports and I just saw in this kind of magazine at the time, and this was, again, 12 years ago, um, seeing an advert in a magazine for a podcast about triathlon. And it, this podcast interview talks about kind of training tips. It had interviews with the athletes. Um, so I started listening to it. And this was on Apple Podcasts. So, uh, no, iTunes at the time, because Apple Podcasts hadn't split away from iTunes at that point. Um, and... At that time, 12 years ago, there was pretty much only kind of amateur sports, college kind of level people taking part in it. And a few celebrities were slowly coming in. And I mean celebrities like Ricky Gervais being one of the main ones, kind of slowly pioneering it at that time. And I thought, this is fantastic. You know, on this, on the commute, um, and also when I was walking to the train station, I could listen to it as well. Um, I didn't have to wait till I got there to absorb the content i could do it while i was walking but i was listening to kind of the athletes i was reading about that i knew a bit of history talk about their experiences what they thought and what they were doing during races which are kind of iconic in the sport um it was also helping me kind of learn how to train more efficiently and i was doing all this whilst i was using my commute to do it it was like my mind was blown almost um and then from there, I started to listen to podcasts on a regular basis. Um, the content changed. Um, so I kind of moved away from um, kind of sports and went more into kind of the kind of true crime and comedy and kind of then business related stuff um, like marketing and general business kind of coaching techniques and all that stuff that you can hear. Um, but since then, podcasts have progressed. And to be fair, the fundamentals for me are still the same. I'm just a nosy bugger who likes to listen to people chat and podcasting is a great way of doing it. That's kind of what it boils down to, but that's how I got into listening to podcasts. Um, how I got into actually starting my own um, involved me having a glass of wine on a Sunday afternoon and contacting a radio station to see if I could become a guest on one of their shows, just a guest on one of their shows. Um, this was through Twitter um, which I started to use and build I built up a nice community on Twitter um, for the local area. So I thought, okay, if I come onto one of their shows, I can bring a few more people on. I can share their stories. Um, like I was doing live events at the time, but on a podcast, well, on a radio show. And literally on that happened on a Sunday. And they invited me for a meeting on the Monday um, and then offered me my own radio show, which effectively was a podcast, which they uploaded onto their server, which people could listen to. Um, and I had two weeks to learn how to produce a podcast with a mobile phone. That's literally all I had. That's the only equipment I had. It's the only equipment I could afford. Um, and 
the rest is kind of history since then. It's kind of been built on there. But that's literally how I got into podcasting. The main thing is I started to listen to it a lot sooner than I'd started to produce it. So I had a really good understanding of the platform and about what I liked and what I didn't like before I started my own. I think that was properly key. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Cause it's funny, you know, you've got some podcasts that are you know, an hour, some that are 10 minutes, you've got some that are, and I mean, even mine, you know, mine are all over the show, you know, some are 10 minutes, some are half an hour, some are 45 minutes. Yeah. They all have a rant in them somewhere, but. Um... <laughs> love a good rant. Good. Love a good rant. <clears throat> so. Obviously, that's how you got started. Obviously, the technology that you have used has probably changed a bit from when you started out with just a mobile phone. Yep. So let's talk about that for a little bit. What technology mm. did you, uh, you know, from that mobile phone, what technology have you used in the years that you've been producing podcasts? I think, to be fair, I've used the majority of equipment um, because when you're recording a podcast, there's three different types of setups you could really have. Um you could have, well, there's four now. So there's the home studio, which is kind of what we're working on at the moment. So we've got kind of a, a USB mic or an XLR mic plugged into a mixer, plugged into a computer. Um, and we've got somewhere how to somewhere to record the video as well. That's your yep. first kind of setup. It is. Um, I've used multiple different microphones in that pre in during that time. Um, some good, some not so good. Um, but obviously you learn and you try you try and test different things that are coming up. Um, then you've got kind of the remote recording. So you're out and about in location. So you might meet someone in a coffee shop or a in a restaurant or outside and you, you walk and talk and you've got various, and I've used various equipment for that. So you've got lapel mics that you can fit on that goes into a dictaphone or your phone. Hell you can record it. I've, when I first started, I was literally sitting in front of someone in a coffee shop, talking like that, 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 which actually, because you're minimizing the space between your mouth and the microphone, it actually works quite effectively if you get it close enough. Uh, it's quite quite funny, but that's how you could start. Obviously, dictaphones as well pick up great sound and all that stuff. Um, but then also, I've worked in podcast studios as well, where you've got kind of four cameras all the way around you. You've got your Shure XLRs, you've got your Rode Procaster mic, your mixing boards. You've got all your jazzy stuff there, and you press two buttons and it records everything. You know, that's that's the level where you could go. Um, but for me. It's about finding what works for you as a podcaster and what suits your circumstances at that time. Um, so for most people, you don't need a fancy studio. What you actually need is somewhere how to somewhere that's good for recording the audio and something that's good for recording the video. If you were going to repurpose it on YouTube and video and put it on your website and all that jazz. Um, they're your two basics. They're your two basics that you need. Um, and if you haven't got video, well, podcast traditionally is an audio it's an audio platform so that's okay but in terms of the tech it really has changed but it's changed depending on my circumstances and i think that's that it should be the right for everyone i don't think people should believe that you need a certain level of equipment to have a podcast you honestly don't the the main thing you need in terms of a great podcast is a great idea great foundations and then you can build upon that over time but for the tech god it it changes it changes a lot what hasn't really changed is you 
is the apps that you can do that you can record mobile phone, um, record podcasts just on your mobile phone. Those haven't changed, um, but the computer editing stuff that ha- that's come through has completely changed throughout the year. So the software has changed more than the hardware. Yeah. It's funny listening to you then. It was like deja vu because obviously before I started this, I came to you for some advice. And it was just, it just reminded me of that end of August, early September last year. Um, took me right back. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, the thing is, it's not. It's it, people make podcasting more complicated than it actually is. Um, just like they make writing, creating content for social, social media a lot harder than it actually is. Um, and the way that I see kind of equipment and hardware side of it is, you can spend thousands of pounds on equipment. Um, but if it's just gathering dust on the shelf at the back of you because you haven't used it because you've run out of ideas or energy or time or whatever it is that's stopping you from producing the podcast, it's no good. It's absolutely no good. So you mentioned time there. So I just want to touch on that for a minute. Mm. If someone was going to start a podcast today, see, t- time is an element that they need to consider, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got research your topics, write your script if you're going to have a script and then record it. Obviously, all of that takes time. What's the best way that you have found for managing that process, all that time? It's, it sounds boring, but it's all about having processes in place to make it as simple as possible. Um, processes will save you so much time. And when you look at kind of creating a podcast, you can add a process at pretty much every point to make it simpler. So just to pick up on one point that you said about the show making a script well that can be templated you could have a format to your show which you kind of stick to which could be in a document where you got the headings and then you just put bullet points in between them to make it simpler to be able to do that um, and if you wanted to do future shows you could start planning out the future shows so again that's a simple process that will make that side of it more straightforward um, if you're booking guests in you can have an online calendar, which then links to where you're recording it, which then sends the link out to your guest straight away. So instead of, and oh, and it puts it into your calendar at the same time, which means that you don't have to actually worry about putting it into your calendar. You don't have to about sending that link out. You don't have to arrange about going back and forth via messenger or WhatsApp or text or phone, checking diary dates with your guests. All of that stuff will save you time. Um, so what do you mean like we did? Yeah, exactly. Exactly like we did. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do as I say, not as I do. That's normally the expression, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It's one of those things that all of that stuff will save you time. And there's a process that you can pretty much put in place at every single point, um, not just beforehand, but afterwards as well, with the editing and releasing and all that jazz. Um, that actually does make it easier. Um, but I've just done a blog, well, a part one blog all about the 10 ways to save time when you're creating a podcast. Um, and it's funny that actually I wrote that and then I had another load of ideas that I came through and another load. So actually it's going to be a three-parter, um, but it's nice. going to be kind of spread out because there's so many ways that you can do that. But processes are typically boring, aren't they? You don't really yeah. like to talk about processes, but it does save time. It does save a lot of time. So yeah, it's just finding out the process that, but looking at the job, jobs that you've got in terms of the podcast and there's a hell of a lot of stuff you need to do to produce a podcast if you break it down there's a lot of tasks there um podcasts are great multitaskers and great kind of all-round kind of skill 
they've got all, good all-round skills. Good all-round skills. Um, but yeah, it's just finding that process to help. Long-winded answer to a quite a simple question. But yeah, processes. <laughs> Brilliant. So you mentioned earlier, again, going back to some of the equipment and things, was he mm. having... You can, like you said, just do it off a mobile phone or a laptop. And you know, I know that I think the first time I did a podcast, it was literally just off a laptop. Um, and the sound quality was okay. The picture quality was okay. Obviously, the more you know, better equipment you get, the better it will look. Um, mm-hmm. What's one piece of equipment that you wish that you've got or you've used recently that you wish you had, say, three years ago? Um, three years ago in particular it was a decent computer that was the biggest that was the biggest thing because with a decent computer um, the camera's going to be okay um, on it um, and, but the microphone might be the next thing to upgrade but in terms of recording a podcast and editing a podcast having a decent computer or having a decent bit of hardware that you can jump on and quickly record an episode or quickly edit an episode or quickly release it. That to me is the biggest thing that I wish I had earlier. Um, Follow up with that is a decent microphone to get good audio quality. Yeah. And that microphone doesn't have to cost the world. You know, Blue Yeti do some cracking ones for 120 quid, um, which the next level up, you probably jump to free 500 quid after that to be fair. But having a decent computer to work on, that's quick, that's fast, you can rely on. That means that when your webcam isn't working fully, you can jump onto it and you don't have to worry about the camera quality. It's stuff like that just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I say three years, yeah, I would have said a decent computer. For yeah, sure. I, rem- I, I remember your computer three years ago. <laughs> you did. You did. You do. And that, that, tell, that must tell the audience so much because how bad it was. You know, you see a lot of computers. Um, I've said worse than yours. I'm impressed. I've got worse than yours down there. <laughs> but no, a decent bit of hardware that can actually do all the jobs. That it, I think that to me is kind of the core core bit of product you can have. Um, and you're right, you can make do. You can record stuff on the phone. And also, course, three years ago, with people were just being introduced to Zoom for the first kind of time, really, weren't they? You know, that was the kind of period where beforehand Zoom wasn't popular. Then it suddenly blew up. Um, it did, and for me, again, computer and Zoom and that kind of software that has kind of come to the fore has probably made podcasting a lot easier because we can now do the interview on Zoom. You can just say to someone, or on Zoom or StreamYard or Riverside FM, there's other platforms available yeah. to be able to do stuff on, but you can literally just say, Yeah, I'll send you a Zoom link or I'll send you a StreamYard link, and people know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a clue. I knew what Zoom was pre-pandemic. Yep. Used it. Wasn't quite convinced at the time. Now, use it quite often. Um, yep. But yeah, StreamYard and Riverside and Ecamm and those types of live streaming services didn't have a clue. I had zero interest. And then all of a sudden, again, because of the networking scene, I got invited into this and invited into that. And now I'm in it every week. So uh... Yeah. So... <laughs> So I, I've got a quick story. Five years ago, I tried to use a Skype to record a um, record a podcast. Um, 
it was for someone who wasn't local. Um, it was probably five years, could be six years ago. It was at least a few years before the pandemic. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, I had my old computer, which at that point was actually kind of fit for purpose, just about. I say just about, just about fit for purpose. But it was a computer. Uh, and But I had no way of transferring the Skype to basically record the Skype call. So there was me doing this really good interview. And it was a cracking interview uh, with someone. Luckily, it's someone who I knew well. And so we kind of had good back and forth. I thought, this is golden. I love this. Uh, but I was recording it with my phone up against the microphone on the computer. So you got the microphone. I'm just going to put it to the camera there. But the basically, yeah. I was recording it using that. And the audio quality was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Um, and we couldn't use it. Couldn't salvage it. Didn't matter what you did. It just was. You just couldn't use it at all. Um, so getting the fundamentals right, getting the good record inside first, um, works. Now, obviously, people know how to record on Zoom. People know how to record on Teams and Riverside and all that stuff. It's, it, if we're going to look at the pandemic, it accelerated that growth so much. That area of growth in tech, um, which has helped podcasting immensely. So people yeah, now know absolutely. that actually they can do an interview like this really simply. Um, but yeah, six years ago, I was the person um, who put a phone to a computer and tried to record the audio from it. When people say they make mistakes and uh, yeah, make mistakes so people don't have to, I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes yeah. for that. But again, if you didn't make the mistake, you wouldn't know. So <clears throat> it's a, every, every day's a school day, right? This is it, and that's the first time I've ever shared that bar. The person whose interview didn't go out. Um, so yeah, that's the first time I've shared that. Funny that. <laughs> wow. Um, right, where are we? So we've talked about the past. We've talked about the present. Let's look at what's going to be coming up in the near future. Mm-hmm. What sort of emerging technologies do you think are going to come into the podcasting industry? And do you see them being a help or a hindrance? So I've got three that I can quickly touch upon. Um, The first one is going to be VR, which is one that we spoke about before off air. Um, And when I say VR, I mean kind of the metaverse. I mean kind of meeting people in the virtual environment. Um, But I think that's going to disrupt it a little bit because it means that actually people can, instead of us having this chat in a 2D kind of sense, we can actually do it on that platform, record it in the platform, and then, yeah, you can absorb it in that platform or everywhere else. So it's going to change the loca- how you record it in terms of the location. Um, so I think that's a real good, cool thing to kind of look for. Um, yeah. So I think that could be an emerging, well, that will be an emerging one, but that will happen at some point because more people will be spending more time there. So, it would be more case of, yeah, should we meet there instead of here? It makes sense. Yeah. So the I think the barrier to entry with the VR stuff is going to be the cost, because right now the cost for headsets and things are quite high. And for, you know, podcasters like, you know, you and I, for example, it's out of our price range right now anyway. Mm. Would you see that as a, oh, definitely a barrier? About, definitely a barrier. There's no doubt about it. Um, but just like any technology, the price will go down after time. Um, so it should. So in you know, in five years, ten years, fifteen years, well, ten to fifteen years, I don't think it'll be a barrier whatsoever. Because I think actually, the majority of people would have 
would have yeah. access to it. Um, so, yeah, I think when you're looking at kind of 10 to 15 years, yeah, I think it would be commonplace. But at the moment, it is definitely in that infancy. People are testing it out. The platforms aren't, to be fair, I, t- I was just about to say, I don't know if I don't know if the platforms are ready for it yet, but they might be. I just haven't experienced it myself. Um, so, yeah, I think in 10, 15 years' time, it'll be a different story. But I think at the moment, you're dead right. Entry, the barrier for entry is the cost. Is the cost. And probably the quality as well as the recording, of the recording. Yeah, I'm not quite I sure what of... the recording's like. Um, yeah. But you should check out um, a video from a previous guest, Pete Matheson. He spent mm. a week working in VR. Uh, the video's on YouTube, so definitely have a look at that. Yeah, I've checked it out already. It's a good... It was an interesting. It was an interesting time, interesting time. That's what I'm going to say. Um, yes, but yeah, VR. I think is going to be one of them. I think another one that's going to be coming in is AI. And when I say AI, I mean in a diff- couple of different forms. Um, AI for me, um, as a podcaster, can help with the booking of guests. They can automate that whole process quite simply and quite seamlessly. Um, it could also help with the production and editing of the actual podcast by taking out, removing the background noise and putting the things together and creating social media content from it, which is all slowly coming in at the moment. Um, and because it's slowly coming in, it's not at the optimal level just yet, but give it a few years and it will. It's learning all the time. It's brilliant. Um, and also then it would also help, can help with the transcribing and so you can make blogs and newsletters from that content. Dead, dead simple. So AI, you know, just using those three bits will save you a massive amount of time and energy. And that's, yeah. you know, in the next couple of years, that will be coming in. Well, it's here now, but it will come in even more and more once it's kind of learns there. Um, yeah, that sophistication level just isn't quite right yet, is it? No, it's when you're trying to use in a couple of different platforms, removing the background noise, it's cutting the start and the end bit off because that delay's just not right. They just haven't nailed the algorithm just yet. Yeah. But they will. There's yeah, no doubt about that. Exactly. They will. Um, and also, I've already mentioned the social media side of it, but with the tech side of it and software side of it, everything's going to pick up the hardware cost of that's all going to go down as well um but it's going to get better so actually the barrier of entry for costs for podcasting will become easier the the more time you go along um the other thing that could emerge um and this is an emerging area at the moment is kind of the audio social space which isn't really kind of the hardware side of it but that's stuff like clubhouse where people are communicating via audio methods um it's just an interesting place which this year i spent a bit of time in um but again, it's just like sitting around a campfire, listening to stories, talking to different people. But you haven't got the pressure of being on camera. Um, is Clubhouse so again, still going? Clubhouse is still going. It is. But the beauty of Clubhouse still going is that all the coaches, all the people who made it really bad at the start from just trying to sell, 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 buy my product, buy my product, they've all gone. Ah, so actually... Yeah. I, I delved into it at the start, I think similar time to you, yourself. Yep. And... Um... Yeah, all of those people out there going, oh, yeah, buy my stuff. It just it just put me off, so I just deleted the app. And I'm like, ne- I've never been back. I just assumed it, because it was all a hubbub, wasn't there, on social yeah. when it first came out. And that just completely disappeared. So oh. I just assumed that the platform kind of disappeared as well. No, their marketing to launch it was fantastic. You couldn't get a much better marketing platform, marketing strategy than what the clubhouse used. Um, but 
yeah, now I've been on to it a couple of times over the last couple of weeks and a few of my hosts for of podcasts on Grey Radio are on it and they do regular shows. And I've been on some of their shows and actually they're really good content, really good people and you're getting some really good ideas off there. Um, and there's still quite a lot of variety of the different shows. So it's an area that could either explode or it could implode, but it's an area that could be could be could be useful for some people it could be so for me that's the third area and i'm going to call that the the audio social area because that's what it is you're basically using social you're talking to people on a social level using audio so audio social awesome um yeah and i'm gonna have to kind of look at clubhouse again i think yeah especially if uh you know if it's if all the coaches have gone <laughs> it oh, might be a decent platform again. <laughs> it's, it's. I'm sure they're still there, but you can weed them out quite easily, and you can yeah. search for what you want to go for, um, and you can join the room. So, for instance, last night I joined the room um, talking about podcasting. Um, managed to get on stage and just set talk, just kind of give my two cents for a few yeah. bits of it. Um, I made a couple of connections at the same time. It was just quite a nice, simple process. Um, but I'm sure I probably went on to at the right time. For about one, I've now followed. I've now followed their group, so therefore I'll get notifications of when their group's live and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's about finding the right place. I don't think the platform itself was necessarily wrong. I think it was just maybe the people help. I think it's yeah. people just making it wrong, which is the same as email marketing or anything like that. Who's had a bad rep in the past? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, my last question: What's next for Gary? Um, it's to continue developing Grow Radio. That's the big thing. Um, so Grow Radio, for the people who don't know, Tony said at the start of it, brings you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. So it doesn't matter when you listen to it. Um, you don't have to figure out what to listen to. You're going to be listening to a different podcast, uh, which is cool for anyone who's wants to start listening to them but has no idea where to go to it. Um, so over the next few years, I'm going to be developing different hubs around the country where people can go for training, um, so for podcast training, um, help with podcast production, editing, that side of it. Um, so I'll be setting those up and to continue to grow the station. Um, we're going to be adding to the website um, a sustainability um, section to it because I would love, and my aim is to have Grow Radio as a carbon neutral um radio station not just for the station itself or the host or the organizer but for the hosts as well so it's a big game big lofty goal um yeah. and hell in 10 15 years time if it well for five years time if the uk works there's no reason why you couldn't expand to usa australia canada the places where you've got english-speaking people um or listeners um and have particular kind of shows from there there's no reason why i can't so over the next kind of 10, 15 years, Grow Radio is definitely going to be my main focus and just building bits on it to make sure that if you want to get into podcasting, there's a place for Grow Radio for you. That's the main kind of way that I want to see it. And, you know, it's a great platform. I, I dive in a couple of times a week and listen to various different shows, shows that I wouldn't necessarily even consider listening to, but you, you always pick up something from most of them. Um, yeah. so I lied when I said it was the last question. Oh, oh, 
What it, what's the what, so this is the last one. What is your what's the favorite what's the favorite pod, what's your most favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Right. Favorite and, podcast and why? So favorite podcast changes quite often, but at the moment is how I build this uh, by Guy Raz. Um, basically he interviews people um, who have built significant businesses and they talk through the processes and journeys that they've been through to get to that stage. So for instance, you can tune in um, so ones I was listening to quite recently founder of spotify founder of roku founder of um, audible um just to name three that i listened to literally over the last couple of days um and i go through stages of listening to different people different podcasts so i binge different podcasts and at the moment i'm yeah. definitely on the binge of how i build this um but it's really good to to hear not only how someone has built a business like Spotify, for instance, or Patreon, which is another one I listen to, but why they started it and how their original vision and their end product, sometimes they're the same, sometimes it's not, yeah. but the journey to get to that stage. Because you see Spotify, you see Roku, and you see you know, Apple, you know, you see these big brands, but you don't see the different processes. That podcast kind of delves into it. I really like it. Awesome. That's one I'm going to have to add to my ever-growing list of podcasts to, mm. to try and listen to. Um, I must admit, I recently listened to the um, Diary of a CEO episode with uh, Gary V. And yes, very that, good. That was, I think that came out just uh, either just before or just after Christmas, and that hit me on so many different levels, emotionally and from a business perspective. Um, and I don't it, listen to to those that po- that podcast. All, you know, I don't tune in every episode, but I dip in and out when I see a guest, and I'm like, "Oh, that might be interesting." And so often, you just get hit with so many emotions or ideas, and it's it's unbelievable. I think the one you've just mentioned might be one that does something similar. Yeah, I've missed it. The one with the interview with from Steve Barnett to Gary V um, on the Diary CEO, he went deep in that interview. He went yeah. deep and personal. Um, and I was listening to that on whilst walking to the office and back a couple of times. Um, and wow, he went deep. So I think he asked questions in an interview that I haven't heard Gary V talk about or discuss topics. No. Um, it was very, very good. Very eye-opening. Very eye-opening. Um, but you're right. And that's the beauty of podcasts. You know, if you didn't have that platform, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know struggles no. that he's been through. No. Brilliant. Gary, I know you're a busy man, so I think we'll end it there. Thank you so, so much for coming on as a guest. Thank you so, so much for allowing this podcast to be part of your Grow Radio platform. Um, and if you, I'll open the, um, I'll allow you, you know, the, I'll give you the mic to say anything else you want to say, and then we'll end it there. Oh, bless you. First of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to talk on your podcast. It's a fantastic podcast and a great way of kind of educating people of tech and keeping them updated. So I love that. So thank you so, so much. Um, and yeah, I just want to say to everyone that actually, if you want to get involved with podcasts, but you don't know how to start, let's just have a chat. Let's have a free 20 minute chat because in 20 minutes we can cover a hell of a lot of stuff. So yeah, let's have a little chat and yeah, I will. Um, yeah. I will send Tony a booking link or something like that so you you put it somewhere. Um, but Tony, thank you so much for allowing me to be in this podcast. Thank you so much again for letting the Smart IT um, Guy podcast to be on Grey Radio as well. Um, and yeah, you're a legend. So cheers, dude. Thank you. 
back at you, mate. And yeah, I'll make sure your details and whatever booking link you send over go into the show notes so they're accessible wherever anybody listens. Uh, thank you again so much. It's been great speaking to you. And we'll have to have a catch up coffee soon. Yes, 100%. 100%. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Bye for now. Our tip of the episode. So, before we get on to my tip of the episode, I just want to thank Gary again for coming on to the show and talking about his journey from retail to podcast maestro. We're super lucky that our show features on the Grow Radio platform. If you want to find out more about Grow Radio, the details are in the show notes. Right, my tip this week is twofold. The first one is really, really simple. Turn off your devices. Not right now, because I'm hoping you're listening or watching me. But seriously, turn off your computers, your tablets, your smartphones. Just once in a while, once a week, for for just a couple of minutes. These devices have an off button, and they have an off button for a reason. They are designed to be switched off as well as switched on. And did you know that up to 80% of issues with a device can be resolved just by switching it off and switching it back on again? Now, this explains why Roy said it so much in the IT crowd. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? (laughs) Okay, well, are you sure that it's plugged in? My second tip is for you to enable parental controls on your Wi-Fi if you don't have them on already. This is going to save you and your children from accessing indecent content. And it's really important. As a father, I feel that my children are exposed to a hell of a lot more than I was at their age. And my son, who is 11, sits in that age bracket where they could potentially be exposed to indecent content. And I don't think the age of 11 is just right. So please, please, please go and stick the parental controls onto your Wi-Fi. If you don't know how, call your broadband provider and they will walk you through it. And if they don't, chances are there are instructions on their website. And if you still can't find them, get in touch with me and I will help you out. I'm now going to get off my soapbox because we have reached the end of this episode. I have been Tony, the IT smart guy. Thank you once again to Gary for his time and to you for watching or listening. I truly hope you have found this episode insightful and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode, or even if you haven't, please let us know by leaving a review. It's the only way we can get better. And as always, we would love for you to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening to the IT Smart Guy podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'd love for you to like and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice.